talking about the Australian band, the Hoodoo Gurus. And uh, before we start, we just want to say this episode is brought to you by Parkside Dental in Richmond Hill, Queens. Uh, definitely go there. They, look at Rob. Look at Rob's great teeth. See? Smile. I've been going there for 25 years. Uh, check them out. 718dentist.com. Uh, they are in Richmond Hill, Queens, Parkside Dental. Yeah, so we're talking about the Hoodoo Gurus. and. Um, this is our fourth part of four in a row that we did on Australian bands. So I'd like to thank the Australian fans out there that watch. Uh, you guys like us, so we see in the in the uh, the charts, and we just wanted to do that for you. But um, this is an interesting band. They they kind of skirt different genres. Uh, they float out of kind of power pop. Uh, new wave-ish, some of the early stuff is a little quirky, like a talking heads type of thing. Um, I like them. I like their early stuff a lot. Uh, they just were one of these bands that uh, MTV kind of picked up on in the mid-80s. I don't know if you remember, like 120 Minutes used to play them a lot. Yeah, so they were very, they were dressed pretty like, you know, <laughs> new wave, you know, they had all the colors. All yeah, the yeah they, they, they were definitely part of that that new wave thing, but they came out of the members, the original members came out of uh, the punk scene really in Australia out of uh, Perth, mostly um, in the seventies. And uh, you know, their, their pedigree, who these guys played with before pretty cool. Uh, but then they got together and they, you know, did something a little different. I, I, I like some of this stuff. I'm not the biggest fan in the world, but I do like them, and they're definitely one of the most popular bands to ever come out of Australia. That's for sure. They definitely are. And, and, you, and you know what's funny? They're still touring since today. They broke oh, yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. And they, 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 they got an album that just came about. Charity of something? Uh, Ch- Chariot of the Gods, something like yeah. that. We'll talk about that towards the end. Um, yeah, uh, Dave, Dave Faulkner is really the only original member left. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of lineup changes, but that early unit of uh, of the Hoodoo Gurus did some interesting stuff. They had like three or four early albums that I thought were pretty influential. So, all right, so let's 
let's get into it. Um, now, three Hoodoo Guru members, founding members, were from Perth, Australia. And they were involved in either what you want to call proto-punk, meaning before the punk scene, or punk yeah. band uh, in the 70s. Now, Dave Faulkner, who sang and played guitar, was a member of a band called the Mannequins. Uh, James Baker was on drums. He was a member of the Victims. Uh, there was a Roddy Radalge, also known as Roddy Rada, on guitar, was a member of the Victims as well. They played together with uh, James, James Baker and him played together. Um, Kimball Rendell was on guitar, and he was formerly in the Sydney punk band, the XL Capris. Uh, check all those bands out. They are cool. XL Capris, Mannequins, Victims, uh, all that that. 70s punk stuff in Australia is very cool. We talked about the Saints and Radio yeah. Burton in the past. Now, what they did, they had a three-guitar lineup, no bass, okay? So the three guitarists of Faulkner, Rendell, and Radalge, they met at the end of uh, 1980 New Year's Eve party, and they were joined later by James Baker to form what was the original name was Le Hoodoo Gurus. Le Hoodoo Gurus. It wasn't... Yeah. Gurus. The first single, uh, they are Le Hoodoo Gurus. Now, this unorthodox lineup of three guitarists and no bass would fuse pop melodies, punk guitars, and an interest in American trash culture. Okay. Uh, it was very, they were very interested in cheesy shit about American culture. This was captured on their first single, Leilani which was released in October of 1982 on Phantom Records. Now, this told the story of a maiden sacrifice to the gods and an erupting volcano while her true love looked on helplessly. It's a very, like, tribal kind of song. Starts off with a, a tribal drum, and then it's just, it's almost um, a little bit cramps sounding. I, I, I picked up on a little bit of that in their sound. Um, they would drop the... Le, which is L-E, Le Hoodoo Gurus, they would drop that part of their name and just become Hoodoo Gurus after this. Yeah, um, I guess it sounded a little more regular, you know, I don't know. But as the Hoodoo Gurus, they gave their first ever performance on a segment of a kid's TV show called Simon Townsend's Wonderworld. Now, this was followed later by a performance alongside a man and his singing dog on the Don Lane show in Australia. Now, Rendell left the band in 1982. He would be the first to leave. And that was before the release of Leilani and went on to do a lot of music videos and film directing. Uh, yeah, in fact, wow. yeah, he actually went on to be involved with uh, two of the Matrix sequels, The Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. He was also involved with iRobot. Okay. Uh, Rendell then went on to uh, direct the 2000 slasher film movie Cut. And um, in that band, when he left the band, he was replaced by Clyde Bramley uh, on bass. This time they did bring a bass in. And he was also on backing vocals, Clyde. Uh, Clyde was also formerly in The Hitmen, which was another you know punk band. Radalge was not happy with Rendell leaving. Okay, and what happened is as he left, Faulkner kind of grabbed a little more power in the band, okay, a little more control. Um, and he would be replaced, he would leave and be replaced by ex-Fun Things guitarist 
Brad Shepard, who was Clyde Bramley's roommate. Okay. Now, Faulkner wrote a song called I Want You Back in response to Ridalge's leaving. Uh, also, Ridalge was, was, was very publicly unhappy. There was a lot of word in the press about this and, you know, back and forth. Um, now, he went on to, Ridalge would go on to perform in the Johnny's, the Love Rodeo, and the Dubrov- Dubrovniks, okay, some other cool Australian bands. The Guru's new lineup of Baker, Bramley, Faulkner, and Shepard recorded the band's first album in 1984 called Stone Age Romeos. A must-have. Definitely a must-have. The title so, came... Right, right off the bat, these guys had like a breakup. Like, they haven't even started. They were already like members replaced. How, how crazy is that? If I could just maybe give an opinion, I'm, I'm not sure. But the impression I get from things I've read is it's kind of similar to the church where Kilby in the church did a lot of writing and it seems like Faulkner in the Hoodoo Gurus had a lot of control over that. So some guys didn't didn't sit well with them. Could be wrong, but that's kind of the impression I get. Um, now, the title Stone Age Romeos actually comes from an old Three Stooges episode. So these guys were, you know, they were interested in funny American stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, they actually uh, dedicated the whole album to the cast of F Troop and Get Smart. Okay, at Petticoat Junction, three three funny funny shows. That's awesome. Yeah. Now they were awarded the best debut album of 1984 at the uh, Countdown Music Awards, which is an Australian show. Okay. Now, when Stone Age Romeo's was released in America, it stayed at number one on the alternative college uh, charts for seven weeks becoming one of the year's most played albums on the college network. Wow. That's incredible. Now, in the early 80s, that, that was a big thing, college radio. It was kind of like what what was kind of alternative before the word alternative. Yeah. You know? Now, initially, they were a cult inner city act, the Hoodoo Gurus. Um, but their popularity began to expand due to regular airplay on a radio station called Triple J in Australia. And also through the nationwide pop TV show Countdown. They were on there several times. Yeah. Uh, their breakthrough single, My Girl, was accompanied by a video clip featuring a dog trainer with his once tra- champion Greyhound. Now, members of the Australian band Spider Bait, which came later on, described seeing this video for the first time as a beautiful classic pop song. So already they were being very influential for what would come later. Some people have insisted the song itself was about a dog, but this was, uh, you know, it was disputed by Faulkner. It's not about a dog. Now, this was closely followed by I Want You Back, which featured animated plastic model dinosaurs. And both videos were aired frequently around Australia and was successful in raising the band's profile. The original drummer, James Baker, was fired from the band in August of 1984 and was replaced by Mark Kingsmill, formerly of the Hitmen, and also the New Christs, which was kind of like what Radio Birdman had morphed into, if you remember the New Christs. Yeah. Uh, based on the success of the Stone Age Romeo album, the Hoodoo Gurus, with their new drummer, embarked on a U.S. tour for the first time in late 1984. Following that first tour, the Hoodoo Gurus went into the studio 
and recorded their second studio album called Mars Needs Guitars, which was released in 1985. The title was a twist on the old sci-fi B-movie Mars Needs Women. And the album's first single called Bittersweet was a hit. And the band played Europe and the United States again, including a two-month tour with the all-girl band, The Bangles. Wow. <laughs> so their season started off pretty good so far. Like they had that one movie in the beginning, the band breaking up, they got mm-hmm. together, they got two albums. It, it seemed, everything seemed pretty good right now. Yeah, yeah, things are gelling and they're getting more popular around the world as well. Um, Baker's firing, however, upset some of the fans and critics. Despite the fan speculation that the single Poison Pen was about the band issues, Faulkner, who wrote the song, said that it was about a relationship that just turned bitter. But Baker would turn up later in the Dubrovniks with ex-guru Radalj and a few other bands. He would, he would continue on to do other things. The Guru's peak of popularity began at this time with Mars Needs Guitars. Then the album Blow Your Cool and the album Magnum Come Louder. <laughs> <laughs> All released by 1989 and all peaked in the low 100s on the American Billboard album charts, respectively. The band's 1987 album, Blow Your Cool, uh, followed with a concert tour called the Blow Your Cool Concert Tour. It took them to 19 countries, playing 204 venues. There was a concert from the Ritz in New York City that was broadcast on MTV, and yours truly was there. I was at that show. The Magnum Come Louder tour in 1990, with dates in Europe, America, Asia, and Australia, also included Japan for the first time. Now, based on their extensive American touring and popularity in the States, they were regularly featured on MTV's 120 Minutes. They even had a devoted following in Brazil. The third album, Blow Your Cool, Shed some of the quirkiness. They used to be a little more new wave-ish quirkiness until that album. Um, and just basically concentrated on a power pop sound. I thought it was a, a cool evolution of that. Okay, to go to that. Uh, the Bangles and the Dream Syndicate uh, contributed some backing vocals on this record as well. The Hoodoo Gurus then decided to opt out of their record contract, causing a year-long legal tie-up. Uh, in 1988, Richard Grossman of the uh, of the Divinals, he was he was an ex-Divinal, replaced Clyde Bramley on bass. The most stable Guru lineup of Faulkner, Grossman, Kingsmill, and Shepard would last the next ten years. After two albums under their new contract uh, and the uh, Magnum Come Louder album, 1991's Kinky album, which reached number 101 and I'm sorry, number 101 and number 172. Magnum Come Louder got to 101. Kinky got to 172 on the American Top 200 charts. Uh, yeah, not too bad. And they would release two compilation albums that year at the same time. One called Electric Soup, which contained their hits, and an album called Gorilla Biscuit, which was made up of all B sides and Rarities and extra tracks. Okay. Probably, probably was you know. Sometimes when you to settle a, a legal deal, you might have to agree to put some stuff out. You know, it might have definitely. 
Now, the album Kinky provided the single Miss Free Love 69, which reached number 19 on the ARIA singles chart in Australia, got to number three on Billboard Modern Rock charts uh, in 1991. Another single of the same year, Thousand Miles Away, reached number 37 in Australia. Now, that song was adopted by the crew of the Royal Australian Navy frigate, the HMAS Canberra, as its unofficial anthem. Uh, that was, and in 1993, they played it where, whenever they left port, they would play that song. Um, the Hoodoo Gurus played a concert, which included a thousand miles away, on board that ship during its last voyage prior to decommissioning in 2005. That's cool. Yeah, decommissioning. Yeah, yeah. Now, they followed Kinky with the album Crank in 1994. Uh, the Crank World Tour would take the gurus through America, Canada, Europe, and also a one-month tour of Brazil where they were very popular. Yeah. Uh, Dave Faulkner also composed the soundtrack to Laurie McInnes' 1994 feature film, Broken Highway. Um, in 1995, the gurus collaborated with the Masters Apprentices. Uh, frontman Jim Keyes on an updated rendition of Turn Up Your Radio. The song was included on a new Master Apprentice's Best Of album and was released as a single as well. In 96, they moved to Mushroom Records. Uh, we talked about Mushroom Records, I think, in every, every Australian uh, podcast we did. Um, for the release of their next album called Blue Cave, the band then undertook a national tour of Australia with the American band The Posies and local act Drop City. Uh, touring commitments, however, were curtailed when Kingsmill severed tendons yeah. as a result of an onstage accident. Uh, so he, he couldn't play. They had to wait. Now, once he recovered, the band would uh, continue with the Circus Maximus Australian tour by the end of 1996. In January of 1997, Faulkner announced that the Hoodoo Gurus would be breaking up at the end of the year. Uh, in March, they toured Brazil again, including a concert in front of 40,000 people. The wow. Gurus, yeah, they, 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 they commenced their final Australian tour um, called the three-month Spit the Dummy Tour in October of 1997. The tour coincided with the release of the double compilation album, Armchair Gurus slash Electric Chair, which made it to the number, number 29 spot in Australia. The band played its final show in Melbourne on January 11th, 1998. Uh, the, the, this made up for a, a show in December uh, because Faulkner had gotten sick. They were supposed to complete the tour in December and break up, but it ended up being January. Now, in November of 1998, Mushroom issued the Hoodoo Gurus live album, Bite the Bullet. The songs were recorded during the farewell tour, and the standard single album version was joined by a limited edition triple CD version subtitled The Director's Cut. It included the additional CD Doppelganger, which was a collection of live-to-air broadcasts, between 1983 and 1996, like live in the studio, live on the radio, that stuff. And Bubble and Squeak was a collection of outtakes and oddities. So they were 
putting out quite a bit, even though they have broken up. Yeah, that's pretty good. You got to say for a band that broke up, they got the live album. They got a triple freaking CD. So you know what? If you yeah. were missing them, you weren't missing them that much. And and Mushroom was making money. You know. Yeah. Now, although they officially split in the beginning of '98, they signed to Acadia Records, who released the band's first career-spanning collection called Am- Ampology, and that came out. In, yeah, and that came out in October of 2000. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Instead of, uh, of uh, yeah. Now, between '98 and 2003, the Gurus were active with several side projects. Uh, where they collaborated with other bands or they produced them. Um, but by early 2003, the Hoodoo Gurus decided to reform, to record That's My Team as the promotional theme for the National Rugby League between 2003 and 2007. Um, a CD was actually released in September 2003, and all profits went to breast cancer charities. So they actually wrote a song that was the theme to one of the most popular sport leagues in the country. Okay, which is kind of cool. It would be like having a theme for Major League Baseball or something. Yeah, or the- well, who got the theme for Are You Ready for Some Football? Ain't that Hank, uh, Hank Williams? They took him off and they brought him back? Not Hank Williams. Is it, is it, is it Hank Williams, this junior? Yeah. Who, what? Oh, okay. <coughs> Forgot about that. Now, in, on November 17, 2003, EMI Records announced the band would be recording a new album. Uh, it was going to be called Mao Shao, and it was released in early 2004. In January of 2004, the band co-headlined the annual Big Day Out Festival with Metallica and The Strokes. Proudly, Australian, ce- or pr- proudly Australian celebrate Australia Day. And 2004, that included Nothing Changing My Life, which was a song that the Who Gurus released as a four-track CD free giveaway. Nothing Changing My Life was released as a single from Mao Shao in March of 2004. Um, the Mao Shao tour started in Perth late in March and was joined by Spider Bait from April to June. EMI reissued um, and expanded remastered editions of all the Hoodoo Guru albums, also releasing Tunnel Vision, which was a two-DVD set compiling every Guru's video, plus never-before-seen live footage, and a retrospective documentary called Be My Guru. The band performed at the National Rugby Rugby League Grand Final, uh, and in 2007, the band was inducted into the ARIA Hall of Fame, which is the Australian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, they were inducted in by H.G. Nelson of radio station Triple J's This Sporting Life, which was like a radio comedy show. They performed the song The Right Time and I Want You Back at the ceremony and subsequently subsequently toured with fellow inductees Radio Birdman. They went in at the same time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I love Radio Birdman. Um, the Hoodoo Gurus toured during 2007, including U.S. dates kicked off by the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. They toured Europe and a national tour of Australia with the Stems 
and also Radio Birdman was on that tour. Uh, their tour poster depicts the three bands as heavyweights of the Australian music scene. In June 2008, the Age newspaper commemorated 50 years of Australian rock and roll and Stone Age Romeo. The Hoodoo Guru first album came in at number five on the list, and they went on to perform at the Glasenberry Festival in the UK on June 29, 2008. I think right here would be a good place for a commercial. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, it would be a perfect time for a commercial. What were you going to say, though, before we do that? Well, I was going to say that even though they broke up, and these guys still stay active, and they were still taking albums and doing all kinds of stuff. There. Like, it doesn't seem like they lost momentum. No, even though they weren't together, they were still putting out stuff. So, you know, that well, they got back together, but, you know, it, it was after years of not, you know? Yes. So, with that, we'll take a commercial break. Be back in a minute. Welcome back to The Rock Show, where we're talking about the Australian band, the Hoodoo Gurus. So what do you think of these guys so far, Rob? Well, these guys seem to be very active. They seem, you know, they were playing, um, they were playing like the rugby finals, and so they, they definitely play in front of a lot of people. Like, they definitely play in front of a lot, a lot of people, these guys. I, I would say the, I would say Australians are proud of their Hoodoo Gurus, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Think about when you go to those Australia games, there's like a hundred thousand people. You're already those rugby games are nuts. You ever watch it on TV? Yeah, man, it's, it's nuts, man. It's like watching those people are like soccer, but Australia is big on rugby. That's like a national pastime. Rugby is like a down and dirty sport. You know what I mean? They lump each other up. They lump. I mean, it's football with no pads. Yeah, talk <laughs> about. Those guys do gut punch, some of them fucking punch oh, yeah. them in the balls with it, that freaking tie yep. up. Oh, yep, yep, and the way they line up and pile up on each other. Yep, yep. crazy. Yeah. All right, so continuing with this, um, on March 14, 2009, the Hoodoo Gurus performed a benefit show for victims of the Victorian bushfire crisis and also the Queensland floods. In that same month, they signed a new contract with Sony Music in Australia. The deal included their entire back catalog as well as a new album, the band's ninth, okay, and their first in five years. The album called Cracking Up was released in December of 2009, 
a little later than planned because the band really wasn't happy with the final mix of the album. Uh, they sent the recordings to Durango, Colorado, where they connected with producer Ed Stasium, okay, who had worked with them before on Kinky and Crank. Ed's a fantastic producer. He worked with the Ramones for many years. Yeah. Uh, he produced the Living Color album in 89, 88, 89, whatever that was. Uh, great. He's a great producer. Now, he had worked with them before, like I said, and he, he could remix the album, but he wanted to wait to see uh, if Dave Faulkner could come out and, and help him with it. Now, he would fly to Colorado shortly after some Japanese dates were completed, so they would get right to work on remixing that, that album, Crack It Up. In August, it was announced that Shepard in the band had been diagnosed with cancer and was recovering from surgery. It was his second cancer diagnosis, uh, having had a melanoma removed five years earlier. The first single from their new album, Cracking Up, was released in December of 2009 and received some airplay on Australian radio stations. The album Purity of Essence would follow in March of 2010, and uh, that would come out in Australia in March and in May internationally of that year. On October 3rd, 2010, the Hoodoo Gurus toured, uh, toured to London to perform at the O2 Shepherds Bush Empire. In 2011, I'm not sure what that is, to be honest with you. It must be a, a concert series. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, they were inducted into the Music Victoria Hall of Fame. In April 2012, the band played a series of concerts titled Dig It Up in Australian capital cities to celebrate 30 years since the release of their debut single, Leilani. At the concert, Stone Age Romeo was, Stone Age Romeo's was performed in its entirety, and all other hits were added on. Also playing as part of the Dig It Up tour were Australian bands Died Pretty, and the Hard-Ons, and American Axe, Red Cross, the Sonics, and the Flesh Tones. Wow. Pretty cool bands. Yeah. In April 2013, the band hosted um, invitational concerts across the Australian capital cities, performing Mars Needs Guitars in its entirety, and were joined by Blue Oyster Cult, the Flaming Groovies, the Buzzcocks, and Peter Case. 2014 saw the release of Gravy Train, which was an EP featuring three new songs and a remake of their first single, Leilani. Uh, that would be... Uh, at that point, uh, in January of 2015, shortly after, uh, Kingsmill would be re announced they'd, he'd be retiring from the band. His last performances were on the 22nd and 23rd of May at the Be My Guru Evolution Revolution concerts at Sydney's Powerhouse Museum, performed as the opening to the city's annual Vivid Festival. The concerts reunited all eight past and present band members for a two-hour set covering their beginnings as Le Hoodoo Gurus in 1982, all the way through to 2010's Purity of Essence. Now, the band headlined the A Day on the Green concert series in March of 2016 with um, a band called the Sunny Boys, the Violent Femmes, Died Pretty, and Rat Cat. In early 2018, the Gurus announced a vinyl reissue campaign called the Hoodoo Gurus Record Club entailing the reissue of the or colored vinyl of their back catalog up to Purity of Essence, 
which also included the album the group recorded during their breakup period. They they called themselves uh, the Persian Rugs at that breakup period. They had released an album in 2000 under that name. So all their past vinyl albums, albums are coming out on colored vinyl. That's pretty cool. That's cool, yeah. For them to do that and think about it, that's a lot of work. So It's a lot of work and it's a lot of money to put into that. So when they crank, crank it up after the guy did, um, re-edited or he re-edited, were they happy with that final cut? Yeah, yeah. So that's why it took, it was supposed to come out a few months earlier, but they, they really didn't like the, the final mix for some reason. Uh, they took it to Ed Stasium, who they worked with before, and they hammered out the problem, whatever it was. Okay. So he yeah. Sometimes it's just a, you know a matter of tweaking the guitars a certain way, or drums, or you know, yeah. whatever. Now, the first release through the campaign was Stone Age Romeos. Okay, the vinyl campaign on June first, twenty eighteen, with a general public release on September seventh. Now, on May 26, 2018, the group held a benefit concert for the Tatra bushfires with the artists The Bad Loves, also a band called 1927, and local talents Daniel Champagne, Curry Lege, The Figments, Eric McMahon, and Melanie Horsnell. The band together concert sold out and ticket sales helped raise uh, over over two hundred fifty thousand dollars that they needed to get to the people affected by those bushfires. Okay, so they you know they're very involved with charity work as well, which is cool. Yeah, that's cool. Jan- yeah. Now on January thirteenth, twenty nineteen, the Hoodoo Gurus headlined the Under the Southern Stars concert tour of five states in Australia, starting off at Hastings, Victoria, uh, with performances in Tasmania, Queensland. New South Wales, and South Australia. Scheduled all through till about January and appearing with the Hoodoo Gurus at the Hastings concert were Eskimo Joe, UMI, the Super Jesus, British India, the Getaway Plan, and Scott Darlow. All bands very popular in Australia. In July 2020, the band released the album uh, Hung Out to Dry, which was later included on the vinyl version excuse me that was not an album that was a single called hung out to dry which was later included on the vinyl version of the guru's 10th album chariot of the gods which was released this year 2022 in march wow These guys are still out there nothing stopping them okay but think about it for a band that had what like, like 30 years almost or even a little bit longer they've been together 40 years now they only had nine band members. That's not bad. Well, compared to some other people we've talked about, yeah. We've talked about some band, and they must have like 30 20. people in the band, yeah. So. Like we've already done in and out. So this is the final, final chapter on the Australian band, or Australian band that people need to know and listen to and get the album and check them out, you know? Yeah, if you missed the last three, we covered uh, The Church, The Saints, Radio Birdman, Check back on the YouTube channel, and uh, or if you're listening to it on on audio, uh, all the audio podcast channels, Spotify, Pandora, all that stuff that we're on. Check them out. I mean, you know, Australia is one of these places that you know it's a million miles away, it seems, yeah. but they do have a they do have like a very vibrant music business there. From yeah. 
for the last 50 years, really. Okay. And some very cool, interesting bands have come out of Australia. So I always, I always kind of have a little ear to what's going on over there. You want to hear something funny? Like bands in Australia and, and uh, or even in England, they, they really never have to come to America because they got such fan fans there that they're the, the thing is, is I think most bands, especially British bands, maybe more than Australia bands, just because of the distance. But British bands, they all want to play America at some point because, you know, that's, you know, England is a small country. It's like the size of, you know, maybe New Jersey and New York put together. So Australia is massive. Australia is a continent as well as a country. It's gigantic. So, it, it, you know, you could, it's, it's almost as, I think it's almost as big as the United States or close to it. Uh, so you got a lot of area to cover there. So, yeah, if you're Australian, you could kind of wing it and not worry about America right away. Yeah. But British bands always want to play America. Yeah, they want to play because they want to, you know, everybody want to discover the new Beatles or be the new, like, oh, we're like the new guys here, blah, 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 blah. Yep. That always works. Uh, what's the last good British band that came out that we know? Well, that Johnny Ash, remember them? They were pretty good. Oh, they are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, there's always something brewing in, in England you could check out. Yeah. Uh, you know, then you got like ex American expatriates like Roxanne Fontana doing yeah. stuff over there. You know, so it's 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 cool. I mean, the British scene is always very vibrant as well as the Australian scene. Yeah, very vibrant. A lot of great music coming out of those places where they do Carmelo, they even make it. Because you know what it is? Some people might start a band, they don't see any progress, and then they stop and, you know, never hear from them again. Right, right. So, Mike, uh, thank you for another uh, great box show. Uh, how can people uh, get, in, get in touch with you? They need to tell you. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all over social media. You can find me on Instagram, RockerMike212. I'm also on Twitter, RockerMike212. Uh, you can find me on um, Getter. Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, and Clout Hub, all under Rocker Mike. And I'm very active on Facebook under the name Rock Go Mike. Rock Go Mike. Okay. And also, you got the Rock Show podcast group page on Facebook. Check it out. Join it. Every day we've got music going on there. we showcasing for the day. So, what are you, Rob? Where can we find you? The rock page, if you know, it just reached 1,400 members. <laughs> it did. It did. I, uh, I was able to add quite a few. Facebook is funny. I, um, I, I, I try to add people all the time, and I don't know if they just hold it back or, or what, because it seems like it, it takes a long time to just move from 100 to 100 to 100, yeah. you know, from, from 11 to 12 to 13. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, 1,400 now. YouTube does that to us. YouTube also holds back views, I think. You I know, think get 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 a few members. You know, they gotta fucking pretty much. They can't really shut you down once you get a few members. Right, right. I mean, they they don't they don't want to pay us. Eventually, that's that's really what it is. Frustrating. Where can we find you, Rob? You like, can find Rob. anything getting lumped up. Um, just look getting lumped up and you'll see my big head. I got my email there. Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and probably some other platforms I have no idea, and also Twitter. So 
send me a line there. We're very active. We're always doing something online. And remember, don't get drunk. Get lumped up, people. See you next week. Take care. Bye.